1: Factor is a meal delivery service that makes it easy to eat clean 24-7 with fresh, never frozen, prepared meals that are so delicious you will not believe they're actually good for you. These restaurant-quality meals are waiting for you in your refrigerator when you order from Factor, and in two and a half minutes, you can be enjoying a delicious meal. This month, there is a new URL to go to to take advantage of this offer. It is go.factor75.com Wade120 and enter code Wade120. So that's go.factor75.com slash Wade120 and enter code Wade120. To get $120 off your first five weeks of meals. The meals they offer rotate on each delivery and you can select specialized meal plans such as keto, vegetarian, vegan, calorie conscious, or just regular meals. They're all healthy, they're all delicious, they're all never frozen, chef designed. No need to spend time on your phone app waiting for a meal to arrive. Order Factor, it's in your fridge. Two and a half minutes later, you're enjoying a delicious meal. First experience with Factor has been tremendous. The meals were delicious and everything that they promised and as good as they looked in the pictures. So that's go.factor75.com slash Wade120 and enter code Wade120 to save $120 off your first five weeks of meals. Now, P.W. Torch brings you the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show. It's time to talk this week's WWE Monday Night Raw. So, uh, Cam, we got to hear Miz tease that someone dashing would be showing up on Miz TV and be his new tag team partner. Somebody with a big social media following. Uh, There was no, no sense in the crowd that they thought that was Cody. Um, and then uh, Logan Paul came out instead. What did you think about that teaser?
0: Um, You know, having an idea that it was going to happen beforehand was kind of like, okay, but I mean, when they did the, uh, they literally said Dash, and I was like, oh, this is too on the nose. They're not going to do the thing. (laughs) It just, um, I still think of Cody as a singular act, and so... It wasn't like a disappointment for him not to be included in that. It was just kind of like, don't drag this out longer than it needs to be. Talk about it when it happens, or don't talk about it. Like, like let it let it feel like a surprise. Is my thing.
1: I wonder if that was a bit of a trial balloon by Vince McMahon to see how much of a buzz among the WWE fan base there is for Cody. Because why else do that? Why why false tease Cody? Why draw attention to it before it's time? And here we are talking about it instead of developments having to do with WrestleMania. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and I mean, Logan Paul, it's it's such a conversation outside of wrestling, but Logan Paul clearly knows what he's doing as a professional entertainer. He's doing a fantastic job making a whole bunch of money in a business that a lot of us declared dead financially as far as having big paydays, right? Um, and so I think it's kind of fitting what they're doing uh, as far as him being involved in it. But yeah, if it's a barometer for what people think about Cody or people want with Cody, I just don't know if if you're a Cody support, if you believe the things that Cody says, what he stands for, how he represents himself, a tag team match is just not gonna do it for you. No. You wanna see him one on one with somebody who's considered to be in the main event. And so I think anybody who wanted that to happen Um, This wasn't going to do it for him, even if that was him coming out.
1: Yeah. What does it say that the fans didn't chant Cody or seem to pick up on the dashing hint? Is that an indictment of the dashing gimmick from many years ago that the current fan base just doesn't really associate that with Cody anymore because he's grown way beyond that? Uh, to 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 another level, and people don't associate with him with it. Or is this just the University of South Carolina fan base aren't particularly aware of Cody, or that he might be debuting as soon as tonight, um, and that you know he's like this, you know, departing AEW EVP heading to WWE. I'm still trying to wrap my head around what the purpose of that was. I and, and I do think there being no sense that the crowd knew that was a reference to him could affect how Vince feels about how big of a deal to actually make out of Cody when he comes in either I need to put more effort into it because I'm sort of not starting from scratch but I don't already have that that crowd just waiting in anticipation of Cody arriving and I don't think Vince feel trusts that he has his finger on the pulse of how many people know what's going on in AEW amongst his fans and this could have been a window into the idea that at least in some markets if you're too vague, some people aren't going to pick up on it. And maybe he's got to build Cody from Cody from more of a ground-level starting point with his fan base than other people are telling him he had to.
0: Even if you're somebody who almost exclusively watches WWE, your last impression and last view of Cody Rhodes was the stardust. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so I think that also plays a role in it in that, you know, Me personally, I was a huge fan of Face Mask Cody Rhodes uh, Mm -hmm. Legacy Cody Rhodes Dashing Cody Rhodes because that's when he was on The trajectory to be a world champion Uh, But they defined him down on the way out So I just, yeah, a lot of people don't associate him with that gimmick And it's also what you said too He really grew past that Um, You know, the the American Nightmare And, you know, getting on the indies with the list Of guys he wanted to face Um, Yeah, I just think that that thing is so far removed from him with both fans and non-fans that it's not going to elicit a reaction.
1: Yeah, yep. So, an interesting uh, choice. Now, you talk about Logan Paul. How how big of a get is this for WWE? And how do you feel about them putting Logan with Miz and then also matching them against Ray and Dominic? Is that a good use of Logan Paul and what he means outside of WWE in the mainstream right now?
0: So... What's difficult for me about the Paul brothers is this: they, um, it's kind of like uh, Mansoor, in that in a specific place in the world, Mansoor isn't going to lose a match; he's just going to win, right? And so the Paul brothers had this stranglehold on boxing in that people dislike them so much. They they will watch them fight celebrities and professional athletes In the hopes That somebody will beat them (laughs) Right In WWE, Logan Paul doesn't have the same cachet Because it's a business built on I want to see somebody beat this guy You know It's not even like This is the city I'm from so I want to see it It's I've been told not to like this person, and I hope somebody I like gets rid of him. Like, that's a lot of what that is. And so I really don't think that them competing, that Logan Paul specifically competing, I don't think it adds anything to a card. I don't think it elicits celebrity involvement because he was already everywhere people didn't want to see him. And they weren't paying money to see it. <laughs> <laughs> but like the, the hopes that this is where the real and the scripted kind of diverge in that Would it be nice to see Ray hit a 619 on Logan Paul? Sure. It's not as nice as if he got knocked out during a match, which people really want to see. So I don't think new eyes are going to tune into this in the hopes that guy who they want to see humbled and embarrassed gets humbled and embarrassed because of what somebody wrote down on a piece of paper.
1: Uh, Does this just add in a general sense to WrestleMania being the event where celebrities congregate, special matches happen, or... Did they already kind of spent... Is, is, has Logan Paul appeared in other places enough where, I mean, it's it's a piece added to WrestleMania. It's not a negative in terms of making WrestleMania feel different than the typical other WWE premium live event. But it's not like a big deal because we've seen him in WWE environments before.
0: If Logan Paul does the Carl Malone LT... Uh, Dennis Rodman, uh, D'Angelo Williams, Snooky thing. Mm-hmm. If he does that thing, where, oh, and Bad Buddy, please don't let me disrespect Bad sure, Buddy. Yeah. But if he does that thing where he's all of a sudden actually good at this, I think it has some cachet. Yeah, uh, Because all of a sudden, like, there is this influx of celebrity who take this thing dead serious and perform their hearts out. I think then it helps. I don't think in name alone, like, oh, Logan Paul's going to be on this, let's watch this. I don't think a bunch of kids who've been watching YouTube for five years feel like they all of a sudden have to watch wrestling to see what he does. I don't think it adds up like that. But if he performs well, I do think it adds to that lexicon of people who take this very seriously, who we find interesting. Maybe we need to go back
1: and watch. Very good. All right. Well, we got a lot more to talk about on Raw tonight. Let's pause and introduce our show. This is the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show for Monday, February 21st, 2022. I'm Wade Keller, the host of the program. The uh, editor, publisher, founder of the Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly Newsletter and the website pwtorch.com and the host of the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcasts and post shows. Those are all free. I also host a variety of VIP exclusive podcasts like the Wade Keller Hotline, The Fix with Todd Martin, Everything with Rich Fan, and our post-major event roundtable podcast that we've been doing dating back to 2003. The longest running series of post-pay-per-view and major event roundtable podcasts you'll find anywhere. The full archive's available including hundreds of retro radio shows, by the way, many of which I hosted, others from John Arezzi uh, in our VIP library from the 1990s. So uh, go VIP, get all that we offer and uh, have access to everything we've done, or just about everything we've done in the past, pwtorch.com slash go VIP. And when you do that, you'll get a podcast feed where these shows, the podcasts and post shows that are free and the PW Torch Daily Casts have the ads and plugs removed. So a nice streamlined listening experience is another perk for being a VIP member. pwtorch.com slash VIP. The other voice you hear is the co-host for tonight's program, Cameron Hawkins, from the PW Torch East Coast cast. Cameron, welcome back to the co-host chair.
0: Always nice to be here. Thank you so much.
1: Uh, tell people how they can hear more from you and, and what's going on with you these days and also how to follow you on social media.
0: Yeah. Um what what is new? What is new? Um so still the East Coast cast. Uh, almost weekly. Um Travis uh Travis works for the state now. I'll be making messing with him. Um and so <laughs> we've been um having to kind of adjust our schedule, but uh, most Wednesdays. Wednesdays six thirty Eastern, five thirty central. Um Travis Bryant, myself, and Rich Fan on the VIP side do the East Coast cast covering the weekend professional wrestlings, eastcoastcast.com. Um Social media, as far as that goes, I'm um, Seahawk. It's C E H A W K. Thanks to Wade and and a few others, we just crossed the fourteen thousand follower mark. So we're, dying. oh boy, I don't know how you guys do it, Wade. Um, it's, nice. a lot of, it's a lot of noise. Yeah, um, I I, how dare I have opinions on things? Because boy, do they come out the woodwork saying <laughs> things
1: about those opinions. Well, well, oh, of welcome. course, Cam, oh, welcome to social media.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh my <laughs> goodness. Um, a couple of times a week, you can find me um on Twitch, as a matter of fact. I'm actually streaming on Twitch right now. Wade, as we talk, we are streaming a video of somebody playing every WWE video game ever trying to win a match. It is great and horrible. Um, That's at twitch.tv slash Seahawk. Again, C-E-H-A-W-K. So, a little bit of everything all the time. Um, Typically, Uh, We'll do the East Coast cast on here as well. And then our normal stream will be either Thursday evening at 9 p.m. Central or Friday evening or Friday night at 10 p.m. right after AEW Dynamite. So a little bit of everything right now.
1: Cool, cool. All right, so uh, if you want to join us on the show, if you're listening to our live stream, it's available at wadekellerpostshow.com. You can find a direct link to the direct stream At at the top and bottom of my TV reports, my written reports at pwtorch.com on Monday night, Wednesday night, and Friday nights. And you can also uh, follow us on Twitter at pwtorch. And uh, near the end of the show, we tweet a direct link to our uh, live stream. So lots of ways to find us and join us and listen in live and also then participate via phone call. And the uh, phone number, if you want to join the program, is 3472158558. That is 3472158558 when you call push one on your keypad to indicate that you want to be on the program. You can also email us if that works out better for you. The email address is Wade KellerPodcast at pwtorch.com. Wadekellerpodcast at pwtorch.com. Thanks for downloading today's show. Take it to the next level with a VIP membership. Get shows like this, the Wake Killer Pro Sync podcast, Weight Killer Pro Sync post show, and the PW Torch Daily Casts on our PW Torch VIP podcast feed with ads and plugs removed from the shows for a streamlined listening experience. And also hear the VIP exclusive shows that I host with Rich Fan and Todd Martin. Everything with Rich Fan and The Fix with Todd Martin's signature VIP series that you're missing out without a VIP membership. So go VIP here in 2022 and enjoy all the benefits all the bonus content, and the ad-free listening experience. PwTorch.com slash GoVIP. All right, let's get uh, let's get to our first call of the day. It is uh, it appears it's Justin in Charlotte. You are up first tonight. Thanks, Justin, for calling. Uh, what's on your mind about Raw? How
2: you doing, fellas? Um, yeah, I was, I was not a fan of this Raw show, but... Um, After watching Elimination Chamber and watching this Raw show, I've always been against ending the brand split, but it's kind of hard for me to justify why they have it. It's just the same matches all the time. And they show this WrestleMania card, like, it's a big deal, and it's a bunch of matches we've already seen. And between them having a three-hour show and a very limited roster and limited creativity, I just think they really need to have a Jesus moment and just decide is this really worth doing anymore at this point because it's just it's killing my enthusiasm for these shows Are you guys on board for that or you think they need to just stomach through this I'm mean, just power through this time and maybe it can get better post mania
1: you're saying I, I want to get you think they should stop doing what
2: I, I think they should just do away with the brand split completely. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. I just don't think they have the creative juice or the yeah. roster okay. to do this. I mean, it's the same matches every week. So yeah.
1: Yeah. So uh, I, it crossed my mind, Cam, watching this tonight. Um, as we, you know, we we obviously have the the winner take all match being teased, and then the possibility, or not the possibility, just the the mention of um, other titles like the Usos' name being dropped. And I thought, well, what would it be like if if the rosters were merged again? Because Mythic Man kind of goes through this ebb and flow. He gets infatuated with the notion of having wrestlers exclusively on each brand, so you have to tune into both shows to see all your favorites. It uh makes the traveling for the wrestlers make more sense because, you know, they're only on one show per week. You don't have to decide who's going to be on two of them and, and double book them. Uh but it does lead, especially in the case of SmackDown, but certainly on RAW too these days, there is the issue with the same wrestlers facing each other a lot. I mean, how novel was it? How, how novel is it in general when on Raw, there's two wrestlers facing each other who you haven't seen face each other in various formats before? And we had a match like that with Ziggler and Root tonight against Balor and Champa. I also say be careful what you wish for because I don't think if you do a roster merger that it's going to solve what Justin hopes it solves. I think you're still going to get the same matchups and the same people facing each other at twice a week instead of once a week because that's the way Vince McMahon philosophically has structured his booking and I, I just don't I don't think the the matches the same people facing each other is because of the roster split and to two you know splitting the roster into two distinct groups it's because that's how Vince McMahon books and because he doesn't keep a lot of extra wrestlers on the roster so it's just not going to solve I don't think the issue that Justin is bringing up. In fact, it could get worse because you'd see the same people against each other twice a week instead of once a week, and you would see fewer wrestlers getting TV time overall every Monday and Friday. Cam, uh, how about you? How do you feel about the state of the wrestling? That's
0: exactly what i was going to say. Like, Justin, the only thing you'll see is less people. That's what's going to happen if that's the case because they will find new ways to run the same matches. Like, um, you know, we've seen... Good matches with uh, Alpha Academy and Street Profits, but we've seen that like, I think three out of the last four weeks, give or take. Like, like that's not going to change because all of a sudden they, um, you know, they have everybody in one room. Um, You know, you put you put five people in a room, put five of your friends in a room, you're still going to look at the ones you talk to the most. It's just how it goes. Like, that's not going to change because there's more people there, especially when there's a level of trust and believability there. Like, i tell you what, something that kind of solidifies what you're saying, but also shows an inherent problem, Finn Balor came back tonight and made two fresh feuds. Like, they literally relied on one guy to, one, kind of help revitalize or not revitalize but build on what champ is doing and two give priest a new opponent in the same night. Like that is Vince's booking. He's going to go with the hot hand of the guy that he thinks works and fit him into as many spots as he can. Now here's what I agree with. We are seeing matches ran back, but I will say that like for I'm excited to see Brock and Roman with the roles switched. I'm excited to see a story that started off not great, but looks to, like, it's really picked up steam and, and Becky Lynch deserves a lot of credit for it, but I'm excited to see Bianca and Becky. I think that ultimately what they, how they started it was wrong, but, but where they're going with it is like, hey, that's how you build a star. Like, okay. So, yeah, they're all running a lot of things back. I don't think that storytelling is bad, but I do fear that if we do this thing where we unite these rosters, you're just going to see Liv Morgan will be on main event forever if that happens. And there are a lot of people who don't want that. Like that's what you're looking at facing. So yeah, like it's not even be careful what you wish for. But what history kind of shown is if we lump these things together, we're going to get less and not more.
1: Uh, Justin, uh, back to you. Um, I
2: guess this. I guess this is just one of those situations where we're going to have to just disagree because. You know, these Raw shows, I mean, maybe ticket sales have went got a little bit better in the new year. But, I mean, a lot of that time during football season, I mean, they're in front of half-empty half, half, half empty buildings. And you hear all these reports about them doing two-for-one for WrestleMania. And it's like, maybe it would be the same. You know what I mean? Like, who really knows at least it actually happened. But even something like Bianca and Drop, I could have sworn they said two months ago it was the final chapter of their feud and they're wrestling on TV again, and it just—if they had more women to, p- to pick from between night to night, it's just hard for me to believe they'll just do that match again. Rather than it's like, who else is she going to face? And as far as the Bianca and uh, Becky feud, I mean, it, they skip right over Extreme Rules. They skip skip right over Crown Jewel. They skip skip right over the match she had with Charlotte for the title. And it's just like, oh, she lost that SummerSlam, and now she's getting the title. Now she's worked her way back to the title. It's like, well, what about all those title matches she got in the middle of the fall? Like, we're just supposed to forget about that. Mm. Um, So that's why I didn't really dig that promo because it's like, well, I remember her getting all these title matches at SummerSlam. So wasn't those matches supposed to be towards redemption? Like, I'm just kind of confused. So... What do you guys think about that? You did you guys notice that through the promo that they're just skipping periods where they've wrestled each other since Summerslam and they just kind of like omitted it?
1: Well, in a very general sense, Justin Vince McMahon is not a stickler for historical accuracy. He will tell the story he wants to tell <laughs> on any given week. Um, not breaking news. I know for anybody familiar with the product, uh, Cam. What what do you think of the the story that Bianca and Becky told tonight? As, as basically saying WrestleMania is the follow-up to what happened at SummerSlam and reminding people of it and having kind of fresh reactions to it between the two of them tonight as a way to try to set the stage for it feeling like a very big match.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So, so what I want to say, like, when, when Justin says agree to disagree, there are absolutely things we agree on. Like, there's no reason we should have seen Rhea and uh, Nikki A.S.H. again tonight. Like, they, they, there's no defense for that. It's ridiculous. Um, but I will say this, because Bianca's definitely had opportunities, but what Becky's saying isn't about wins and losses, and that's what I appreciate. What Becky's saying specifically is, hey, if the thing that I did to anybody else, if I did it to anybody else, you would still love me. Because I did it to Bianca, that's why you have a problem with it. I'm not getting my just due because of her so I need to face her as bad as she needs to face me. Like, wins and losses be damned, like, that's a good reason for me. It's like, yo, like, when Austin and Rock face each other at WrestleMania for the third time, it wasn't about Rock being the all-time greatest or proving that Stone Cold was a fluke. I, you and I have been on this biggest stage before, the very biggest stage, and I haven't beat you on it, and I need that for my justification. And so the champion having as much reason to win as the challenger, I like that. And again, like, we never got a clear explanation for Becky's character since she came back. And this is why. They're literally telling us, I'm acting this way because of my problem with how you respond to this person. So, hey, um, again, in a company that's not going to count wins and losses in a way that would necessarily be, I don't know, We'll make your brain work. This is perfect for me. I'm absolutely with what they are giving us, and I think it's going to pay off well.
1: One way that you can help us sustain our schedule of putting out podcasts throughout the week is by giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Just go to Apple Podcasts and look for our Wade Keller Processing Podcast and Wade Keller Processing Post Show and give us a five-star rating. We hope you think we've earned that score with our fast turnaround times and our quantity and quality of wrestling analysis throughout the week. So take a moment out for us and do us a favor and give us a five-star rating at Apple Podcasts. That helps us on search returns and helps us grow. And if you want, you can add a few comments about what you like about the programs in the comments section. Thank you so much. How did you think? Uh, ha- well, how do you think Becky has done, and how did she do tonight in telling a story and then reacting on color commentary to some pushback from Byron Saxton on the issue of, you know, it's it's how you're acting, it's it's, it's the fact it's your tactics of winning, and then you know Becky saying, well, hey, I've earned the right to maybe grab a rope now and then. It's on my opponents for not seeing it coming, and then Corey Graves going, that's exactly right. Um, is Becky succeeding enough as a heel to not be undercutting? What should be Bianca Belair's rise as a 100% cheered, beloved, babyface character? Is 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 every effort being made effectively to make sure that Bianca isn't hurt by being against somebody like Becky, who is so popular despite being a heel, and there's still people who want to cheer her?
0: I think so. I think that, like, <laughs> if everything's an inside joke, if everything's meta— To me, Becky Lynch is saying, oh, I thought y'all loved Ric Flair. Ric Flair, who has a personal problem with every single thing I do. Isn't this how you want me to be? (laughs) Like, I think it's meta on that level, right? But no, I don't think Bianca hurts at all. Because again, I think that Becky specifically saying like, they love you so much, it's a problem for me. I, I don't think that flips. I don't think fans look at that and go, oh, let's cheer Becky more so she doesn't feel left out. I think this is the type of thing people play into. So I think it's going to be. And I think Becky has become not only one of the best on the mic, I think she's a ring general in a way that I didn't know you could just develop. <laughs> like, yeah. like yeah. You know, she, She's she's great. You know, So, no, I think that every effort has been done to make her unbearable. Um, Both in the ring and out. And I think that, yeah, Bianca, she's so good at her look at the way she connects with the crowd and being that thing like, not that Randy Orton wasn't great and isn't great, but John Cena could pick up guys twice his size and throw them around. That's always going to count in wrestling. Like, whatever your size is, the guy being twice your size, being able to throw him around is great. And Bianca and Rhea are probably the two people who can go out there and out-physical a much larger opponent, and that counts man, woman, mineral, or vegetable, right? So, no, I think Bianca is just fine where she is. I think they're going to get the appropriate reaction. Um, I just A big crowd, even if it's a crowd that's, like, flown in from around the country and the world – that crowd is not going to all of a sudden move Bianca. I don't think so.
1: All right, Justin, go back to you if you want any follow-up or bring up another topic. Uh, yeah, I want to follow
2: up, and then I got one last question. Um, sure. I, I can't disagree with anything you're saying, but it just—I just I just can't forget about what I watched during the fall. And it's like I've, I've seen this. I've seen this feud. I've seen this program. Um, I feel like they're doing it out of necessity rather than story. I see a lot of people say, "Oh, look at WWE; they're they're bringing it full circle." And it's like, what else do you have? Like, who who else do you have to face Becky Lynch for the title? Like, I feel like WWE is being rewarded for telling a story that they have to tell because they have no other way to tell it, and it's not really an interesting story if you've been watching the product since SummerSlam, realizing they've wrestled three or four times. So. I just think it's just an issue with freshness with this company where it's just nothing feels special or fresh. And it's like, you kind of got to just buy what they're selling you or just don't watch the product at all. Um, So I like both superstars. I've been on Wade's side as far as agreeing with the Becky Lynch heel turn. I've enjoyed it, but it's still a match I've seen like four times. And they literally did this match on Raw. And we're getting it at WrestleMania. And so... It's just hard for me to be excited for that. Last thing I want to touch on before I go, fellas, is they're really going to just take the WWE championship off of Raw for the next five weeks because I don't think Brock's showing back up to Raw until WrestleMania. So, we're, we're doing this again where Brock wins the title and Raw has no world championship. We're trying to use the tag team titles to compensate no world title. Like, how do you guys feel about that? I mean, I, I hate it. I hated it in 2017. I hate it now. Um, sure. It just... What do you
1: guys think about that? Yeah, uh, Thanks, Justin. I appreciate the topics and the points of view. Um, okay, so first of all, I want to say, do you think, and this is so fantasy land, it's not reality, but that we'd be seeing Becky versus Bianca if it weren't WrestleMania season? Like, would Justin be getting his wish cam if there wasn't a WrestleMania where you've, you're going to put your top marquee stars on the marquee in the biggest matches you can? Uh, would, they, would they be doing that, or do you think they would be holding off if not for WrestleMania?
0: I don't think they can hold off any longer than WrestleMania. Like I do think that the the SummerSlam to WrestleMania trip is what that's eight months. Like yeah, I think it would still happen around this time if not sooner. Um, it did actually line up well. Like again, as much as like I think people are silly when they talk about let it play out with WWE because it rarely plays out. This is kind of played out. Like again, I think the I did not like uh top baby face being instantly outsmarted uh because they were naive, didn't like it in the moment. But again, when you tell the story about, hey, this if I did this to anybody else, it would have been cool, but y'all love her so much, I can't do it. And it playing out like that. I'm like, that that's okay. So I think it still would have happened at the same time. Um what was the what was the second part, Wayne?
1: Yeah, so the second part is and it it He says, is the WWE title going to be absent from Raw? It's time to get into another big story here, which is how much they emphasized uh, the March 5th MSG show. And the Bobby Lashley situation, which is he went into Elimination Chamber. I watched that match, I think most people did, and thought, oh, they're protecting Lashley from being in a match where he loses to Lesnar. And now it's turning out, reportedly, no, he had an injury going into that and a shoulder injury, and he might not even be available for the MSG show. And so they're playing up. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. And I don't have sourcing yet on what is exactly going on in terms of are they actually hopeful or is this just totally storyline and they know he won't be there. But now they're teasing somebody else might be there, and maybe Heyman is sending or arranging for someone else to be there. This is a fascinating topic because now we thought, hey, nothing's going to happen between Elimination Chamber and WrestleMania other than the weekly TV shows, and suddenly we're a couple weeks away from a major night in WWE's Road to WrestleMania, a big Madison Square Garden show. They're hyping it because they want to draw a big crowd at MSG, and yeah. Lesnar's going to defend that title, so Lesnar could lose that title and take away what they've advertised, which is winner takes all, and it could end up being Lesnar getting a rematch against who beats him on one night and Lesnar taking on Reigns the other night or other scenarios that kind of shake up what might feel like six weeks of how are we going to fill six weeks with this monotony. Um, so that's worthy of talking about separate from, and actually it's not even separate from it. It's It's very tied into the final point Justin brought up, which is, Otherwise, is Lesnar even going to be on Raw, and will there even be a WWE title that, that is part of the show? Your thoughts, Ken?
0: Yeah, and if anything, like, I feel like they're both going to be on both shows a few weeks. Like, Roman's going to show up on Raw. Yeah. I don't think that they just totally neglect having their champion on the show. Um, yeah, so it even way, they didn't even say there's a chance population doesn't make it. They said more than likely he's not going to be there. Like, yeah. they did kind of stress that. Right now, it's not looking like he'll be there. And I agree. Like it, it, does actually protect him ultimately. You know, in his two WWE title losses, one he didn't compete in the match; the other was after a title match um, to a fresh Big E. So he's been protected. So looks like they're continuing that. Um, I think that Bobby Lashley. Like it's weird to say he has a bright future because Bobby Lashley is sixty-two years old, uh, but he's really, really good <laughs> and MVP. And Bobby Lashley worked really hard to bring out the best in him. I will say this, though. Um, I've always been an advocate of one world title and make the Intercontinental and the U.S. titles the focal points of your show. Yeah, Like, I've always been like that. So, unification is a bad thing for me. In theory, it's just I don't think they'll handle it well. Um, But, yeah, you have one traveling champion. Everybody else is tied to a show, and that makes them more important. But, you know, I, I, I think that a unification of the titles doesn't really hurt anybody. But really, like that icy title that's like been defended once in the last four months or whatever, and even the U.S. title, which I think is, they're doing pretty well with, they need to make those things main event these shows um, so that those things are important on television um, in turn making them important on pay-per-view where the world title should be the most
2: important.
1: Thank you for subscribing to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast and Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows. Don't forget, we got a whole lineup of other shows called the PW Torch Daily Casts. It's free. Just search PW Torch in your podcast app. A different show on a different topic throughout the week, including shows dedicated to AEW, NXT, MMA, Ring of Honor, and more. Just search PW Torch in your podcast app or check out links to the latest shows at our main website, pwtorch.com. one of the catches that I run into when I think about the floating world champion, and and I think there's definitely some appeal to one world champion. As Kerry Von Eric said, there's one world, there should be one world champion. The downside is, the world champion's probably only going to be feuding with one wrestler at a time. And that wrestler, Mm -hmm. by definition, if the roster split, the brand split exists, is going to be tied to one brand. So you're taking your top star, and some months he's going to be on Raw, and other months he's going to be on SmackDown almost exclusively. Otherwise, he'd have to appear for what reason? To talk about a wrestler who isn't on that brand and isn't gonna be having promos or matches or, or set up angles with him. And so, if that happens, you've now, you only have one champion who is portrayed as a world championship, current world champion level title holder. And he can only be on one show at a time for long stretches. The other show, by definition, to some fans, will feel like the B show. No matter how much you emphasize the IC or US title, there's still this other show that has not only the IC or US title, whatever's tied to the brand, but also the world champion at that time. We don't run mm-hmm. into that with the Women's Tag Team Championship floating because it's not a major title with the top stars. But yeah. that would be an issue if you... So with the roster split, you have that sort of manufactured competition between the brands. Do you think Lashley's tougher than Reigns Well. What would happen if they wrestled each other? That kind of wrestling fan fantasy discussion. Who has a stronger champion at this time? You take that conversation away. And by definition, you end up with one show that feels like it's not being stressed as much for a a certain amount of time if you only have that one champion. The alternative is to have the world champion feuding with two people at once. But then one of them isn't going to result in a pay-per-view match, a PLE match. Or, you know, is he going to then defend the title on TV concurrently with a feud with somebody else? Those are the things that I think doesn't keep Vince man up at night, but I think it does deter him from unifying the titles and staying with one floating champion.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I got you. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. So uh, we got an email from Zach in Texas. Uh, putting the title on Brock Lesnar feels like it's really kneecapped Raw heading into Mania. So this is, I'm pulling this email in, it's, it's uh, a related topic. Uh, Zach says there's now, now no central feud on Raw heading into the biggest show of the year. Logan Paul certainly isn't the answer. Unfortunately, I don't think the Becky that Becky versus Bianca is either. The story just doesn't have the juice to carry RAW for the next six weeks for a few reasons. The genesis of the story was ba- a bad booking decision as opposed to a well-told story. Bianca isn't over as a babyface as Becky Lynch was a couple years ago, and Becky is definitely not as disliked as Ronda was if she if she's even really disliked at all. The story only works if the crowd is super hot for Bianca, and I just don't get that feeling. Personally, I'm just ready for the story to end so Becky can fulfill her heel obligations and we can put this all fulfilled heel turn in the rearview mirror. In the meantime, though, Raw feels like it at, at that it's at its lowest point in a long time. So, I mean, I do think this is a legit issue depending on what happens March 5th. If Lesnar beats whoever... Well, by the way, let's pause. Who, Cam, who are candidates that make any storyline sense for Paul Heyman apparently have a hand in feeding... Or, or presenting as a, a threat to Lesnar at MSG? Is he just going to send Jey Uso in or something to get squashed by Brock? Um, or, or what? Well, I mean, is this where Cody debuts and then Cody wins and it's off to the races with a whole new star you've christened and you you got to shake up our, our preconceptions of what WrestleMania is? What, anything else come to mind? How do those ideas look to you in terms of possibilities?
0: Cesaro from six years ago. <laughs>
1: Braun Breaker, right? Braun no, Breaker from Tuesday. That would be,
0: I mean, like for them to put Cody in that spot immediately yeah. would be fascinating. Like, yeah. I think that, like, even though it looks like he and Edge are headed uh, to a match, AJ would be a guy like that for me. Um, yeah, but there's just so few guys who they present like that. Like, you know, in a perfect world, Big E, who Heyman advocates for, even when he was with Brock when he won the title. Would be a great candidate to do that, but it does not seem to be in the cards at all right now for Biggie. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm really at a total loss mm-hmm. as to who can fulfill an obligation like that. They just don't have a guy like that right now. Isn't that um, weird? And nobody they made a guy like that.
1: I know. No, it's it's weird. And I mean, I haven't haven't had a ton of time to kind of brainstorm. But I mean, if you put Cody against Lesnar, Cody as a heel. Lesnar has a face at MSG. It's a hell of a way to make a statement that Cody's a big deal. But you just had Lesnar plow through your top guys on Raw to win the chamber. Uh, Mm -hmm. Other than Lashley, who was knocked out of the match early. I mean, just plowed through them. And I I just don't think Vince McMahon is ready to make Cody seem competitive against Lesnar. But does Vince have the mentality of let's... I don't care, we're going to have Lesnar applause for everyone, including Cody, and then he just actually kneecaps Cody out of the gate, defining him down. I, also, it's, I don't think that's going to happen, but I don't think that Cody beats Brock. I don't think Vince thinks that highly of Cody. So, like, I don't think he thinks that low of Cody, and I don't think he thinks that highly of Cody. So it doesn't seem like it's really feasible unless Heyman is going to, like, manage Cody on Raw while he's managing Reigns on SmackDown and try to Make life miserable for Lesnar or, or temporarily represent him, or there's some again, I'm just saying like some some storyline that as we sit here doesn't make sense, but it's what they've decided to do to, as we're gonna talk about in a countdown uh mode for the next six weeks, with six weeks to fill, or soon five and four and three. They do need something else on Raw, as Zach points out, to fill time. We'll get we kinda of talked about Becky Bianca already. We can follow up with what he said in a moment, but the idea that, well, maybe one week Reigns is on Raw with Lesnar and the next next week Lesnar's on SmackDown with Reigns, there's going to be weeks where it doesn't make sense to have Reigns on Raw. He's not going to do double duty for six weeks. And it does, frankly, take a three-hour show and take a major central storyline that would have been part of it away from it during this peak time of year. I, I do understand why our first caller and our first email point that out.
0: Yeah, I, I think that... I don't think Vince is going to do the thing where we're going to define Cody down or embarrass Cody or humble Cody right away. I also don't think Cody's all of a sudden going to take this much time off and be in a better spot than he ever was. The two best examples, Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley, who eventually became WWE champion, but they still had to toil after returning from a long hiatus. Um, and when I say toils, it's not that like they were treated bad, but like Bobby Lashley was a guy. Drew was an NXT guy before he was a guy who became world champion. So no, I don't think Cody has more cachet and more clout than either of them. I don't think he has the track record really even outside of the company that yeah. those two have. Um, So, no, I think it's going to be a slow process. Uh, But, yeah, I, I couldn't even tell you who the opponent would be. Now, the, the MSG show, is that televised or is that not that we uh, know just, of? Oh, okay, style show, but yeah, yeah I, I don't think even then, I don't think you debut somebody who you can't put the show on the network uh, in that in that kind of space. I don't think so.
1: I know. Yeah, I mean, Damian Priest did say he wants to face you know world championship level wrestlers, but that was at a U.S. title level. Finn Balor answered it, um, but if Priest is a heel now. Uh, and I don't know if they've settled or if we're supposed to think it's obvious. Um, the crowd didn't really react to his promo tonight, but they liked Balor. And it seems like if he isn't officially he'll maybe the Balor match will turn him heel. I guess they could feed him to Lesnar. But again, that's cut the legs out from somebody you haven't defined down yet, who instead has been on the rise. Uh, and there's just very few other options uh, on the Raw roster who are even anywhere close to somebody who can credibly headline Madison Square Garden against Lesnar. So I just don't know. I don't know what they have planned. And maybe it's just not going to be a big deal. You know, maybe it's just, you know, they, they put AJ Styles in there and he loses and it's just whatever, you know, um, and, uh, you know, maybe we're going to make too much out of it. But boy, they paid a lot of attention to it, perhaps to try to spark uh, ticket sales for the show with only a couple of weeks to go. With some podcast memberships, there's a complicated system of having to enter a username and password in advanced settings, and it works on some apps but not others. That's not the case with PW Torch VIP membership. We now have a slick setup where you're a single click away when you go VIP from having your podcast feed automatically generated on Apple Podcasts. All you need is an authorized VIP membership as soon as you sign up on our express sign-up form, which takes about a minute. You'll get a link and you click on it and it opens Apple Podcasts and subscribes. No entering anything, no advanced settings. You can also subscribe on more podcast apps than ever other than Apple Podcasts, including Beyond Pod and Dogcatcher on Android and many others on iPhones and iOS. So VIP membership, it's more convenient than you realize. Get all the benefits of VIP membership, all the VIP exclusive podcasts, and these shows with the ads and plugs removed with a VIP membership. PwTorch.com slash GoVIP. It's quick, it's easy, it's convenient, and we think it's worth it. PwTorch.com slash GoVIP. Hey, Cam, going back to the, the Bianca-Becky um, uh, B- comments from Zach, is there anything you want to add to that? I mean, Zach is is sounding, again, the, the desire to see Becky just drop this heel thing and go back babyface. Is there a chance that happens anytime soon? Or is that is this just like Cena should turn heel, Rain should turn heel, Becky should turn face? Like, maybe it would be good, but, and a lot of people want it, but you're going to just... It's not going to happen. Is, is that where we are?
0: Yeah. Well, one, Becky's very good at what she's doing right now. Like, like she's smoking it. But I will say this. His email said that uh, Bianca's not as over as Becky was a few years ago. Yeah. Fair... But that's like saying you're not as good as ball player as Jordan. Like, okay, but like, how do I get there? What do I have to do? Walk on water? Like, like it's kind of unfair. And on the flip side, Becky's not as hated as Rhonda. Again, this is such a unique set of circumstances. This is not me saying this to like discredit your point. It's just me kind of saying that your expectations are kind of unfair. Like it it doesn't work like that. You don't really get higher. Or lower than those two were at the time and a lot had to go into that but no i think the crowds were reacting reacting to bianca exactly like they should they really really like her they like her more than any other baby face probably i mean like brock gets a crazy reaction and that's a a 20 year story being told about a guy right yeah but bianca's right up there with the top faces and becky when she hits those lines, they boo her, and when she like shows tail, they boo her. Um, so, again, I get that they're not at the highest of the highs and the lowest of the lows, but this is still very, very good. Um, So I do not think that they turn Becky anytime soon because she's killing it right now. She's very, very good at this role.
1: All right, another email. Uh, this is interesting. Uh, Jeff M. says, Okay, Wade, I answered your call from the flagship last week with Jason Powell. I gave up watching WWE programming after SummerSlam and have been an avid AEW viewer. But I gave gave Raw a chance tonight. So, by the way, Jason Paul and I talked about how Raw has been better lately. And we enjoyed last week's show. We enjoyed the show the week before. And maybe some people who have just sworn it off and think it's awful, maybe they'd enjoy it if they tried it again. So Jeff took us up on that. So he said, the opening hour was really good. From Brock to Owens and Rollins to the tag matches, all very good. Then, Miss TV is something that made me see what else was on. In other words, he changed channels. Logan Paul doesn't do anything for me. I'm honestly not sure what his appeal is. He's a boxer fighting washed up MMA guys. Cool. With the great talent that has been let go over the past year or so, WWE is going to trot out Logan Paul. This is why I gave up on WWE. Back to the positives. Belair versus Piper was a fantastic match. Belair is really fun to watch, and I can't believe I want to see Becky get her beat down. So, there we go. Somebody. Following the uh, buying into the storyline or, or getting pulled into it the way WWE wants, that Edge promo was fire. So much passion and energy. Very interesting to see who answers the call. I didn't really have any questions, just some observations from someone who hasn't watched for on months and wanted to check in. Solid B level show. I might even come back next week. Um, so Kim, how do you react to what Jeff liked and didn't like? Because um, I, I mean, I agree. Logan Paul is not for everyone. Like that, mm-hmm. you know. That's not. not a lot of people are going to look at him and go, I barely know who he is. I only know because of WWE TV. Um, he's a big deal in other places, but I resent him getting a prominent spot on the card. You let Alistair Black go and Keith Lee go, uh, on and on. But this guy's going to be in a major match at Mania? Come on. That said, this is WWE. It's WrestleMania. They bring in celebrities. That's what they do. Logan Paul is an unconventional celebrity for, uh, for people above a certain age or unplugged from a, a, a slice of pop culture. And I get that. But I don't think he's like overwhelmed the show so far where you're like, come on, like this is too much. It's a, a little slice on a three hour show. Um, so anyway, that, that was kind of my thought, my reaction to Jeff saying Logan Paul doesn't do anything for him. I think Vince knows Logan Paul hits a slice of the audience, but not all of them. You just have to sort of accept if you don't have to embrace, but you kind of have to accept it's WrestleMania season and that'll happen. So um, your, your thoughts on his reaction to what he watched tonight?
0: I'm right there with him. I think I think that those are all like very valid points. Especially like again the Logan Paul thing, like it touches base for me as a 36 year old because like I grew up thinking that hosting a fight party was the coolest thing that you can do, and so like he is the big boxing attraction, him and his brother. And so like it's like okay, I want to watch this. I'm gonna have people over. I'm gonna make wings. It's gonna be super fun, right? Um, so he's right there but like I, I would never pretend like I wouldn't try to explain to somebody why they should like him and when you won't do that that means the person is not like this this crossover celebrity but like you said they're just going to bring people in and it's going to be like that and so yeah I, again, I think that the, the wrestling on the wall is actually really good K.O. and Seth Rollins are a well-known machine I think that might just be like two guys who were great at their jobs being like hey we can do this together they were really really good but yeah the stuff that wasn't wrestling on the wrestling show was not great and a part of that is we're kind of at a time where like you can't okay when they brought in Carl Malone and Dennis Rodman this was like at the apex of the greatest basketball team you've ever seen and guys on the other side who you know are great who can't get it done Like, it it was just this super unique time where we have all this different entertainment now. So, as you said, Logan Paul hits a segment of the audience, not the majority of the audience. And the people who would hit the majority of the audience are out there hitting the majority of the audience. Like, that bunny is a huge get. And I don't think people really understood, like, what that was in the moment. Um, And a lot of it has to do with the idea that American entertainment is, is... supreme but yeah that was a huge thing um it probably covered a wider swath of the audience than logan paul did even though logan paul is probably a bigger deal here
1: yeah interesting you can support us on patreon and get these shows with ads and plugs removed the weight killer processing podcast weight killer processing post shows and the pw torch daily cast throughout the week with ads and plugs removed plus a few bonus vip shows throughout the month for just $4.99 a month. Check it out, patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. That's patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. And you can also upgrade to other tiers and receive even more benefits through Patreon. what do you think of Edge's promo, by the way? Jeff brought up his promo saying his promo's on fire. My takeaway is anytime you're gonna have somebody with Edge's history and credibility Talk about watching WrestleMania or listening to WrestleMania 3 as a kid, striving to be on WrestleMania, having to spend two years in the company to even have a match on Mania, and then his desire, his thirst, his need is to steal the show or have big moments at WrestleMania, and he wants another one, and to do so with that level of intensity and that iconic star power that he has as a special attraction at this point makes WrestleMania feel like a bigger deal. I came away from that Edge promo thinking... Oh, yeah, that's right. WrestleMania is, like, a huge deal. Like, I mean, you know it's a big deal. In fact, it's going to be stupendous this year. But, like, Ed just sort of reminds you, like, and I, you know, whether he just puts on a show and it's believable, but he doesn't really care and he just wants the money or not. doesn't matter to me. I'm watching that. I'm pulled in. I buy it. It felt authentic. I think it's authentic. And it... If Edge thinks WrestleMania is that big of a deal, I better be there to watch it. And if I'm gonna if I'm a fan watching and I haven't don't have a ticket yet and I'm thinking of going, I'm going now because my God, Edge thinks it's this big deal. I want to be part of something that Edge thinks is this big of a deal. So I think it served two purposes. Build up Edge's Match, whatever that turns out to be, AJ Styles or otherwise, but also have Edge have Edge take his credibility and make WrestleMania remind people it's six weeks away, but it's a big deal in our lives here.
0: Edge hit that switch at New Year's Revolution 04, 03, 06, whatever, right? And he's just been all to the races ever since. And yeah, everything he does feels like a big deal because he treats it like it's a big deal. Um, Edge is, it's weird to say somebody's on borrowed time, but again, Edge retired years ago. We know he's in history of injury, going to do this thing for so long, especially at the level that he's done it. But yeah, facing Edge at WrestleMania, Feels like a big deal. Like he's making this thing seem really important. It looks like it's going to be AJ, which you know would be fantastic. Um, really different trajectories, but they have a respect amongst their peers and the audience that definitely match each other. But yeah, I absolutely want to see what Edge does. You always kind of hope it's some young, really hot guy who comes in there and competes. Like you always want that, but. AJ wanting the big WrestleMania moment. AJ having done the company a favor by doing the Shane match a few years ago. It's like, okay. I, I think this can be good. But yeah, Edge has made everything feel important since he's been back. And uh, yeah, it's been fun to
1: watch. All right, cool. Um, let's go to, uh, let's see here. Um, Joe from New York. He says, I'm 42 years old. I've been watching wrestling since 1991. WWE is at, an all-time low in terms of cool factor. They're also at an all-time low at just being interesting. This show was boring. Other than the opening segment where they told us it was title versus title, after that, can you tell me one thing that was important or must see? By 8.45, I walked away from the show and left it on in the background. Now, I know it's not just me. I still enjoy all the wrestling podcasts, but to watch Raw for three hours is like going to a dentist. I'm not shocked that they're having trouble selling WrestleMania tickets. The creative is not there. This better be the last two-night WrestleMania. They don't have the talent roster for two nights, and Vince is not up to the task to put on a two-night show. One final point. The full-time talent they try to push as main eventers. These guys are not even as good as WWE's upper mid-carders in the middle of the late 90s. That's why these guys get bumped every year for part-timers. All the money been saved on the talent cuts is, gonna, is going to Brock Lesnar. Brock's working both shows, but that doesn't come cheap. Uh, so, uh, a couple things there from Joe. Um, I, I don't agree. I've watched eras of WWE that are lower in terms of cool factor and also just being interesting and I didn't find the show boring so I I can run through some of the things that I liked on this show and in general about the product but teach their own you know I mean it's it's not I'm I'm not the Vince's only target audience member and Joe is one of them too Um, but is there enough going on camp for them to sell two nights of Wrestlemania tickets is this actually going to turn out to be kind of like kind of like when WW had a three-hour Nitro and two hours of Thunder, and it just watered everything down, and every, nothing felt important. Or what AEW is still trying to avoid doing, which is spreading things out too much, even over the course of just three hours, with the addition of Rampage as a, a national cable show that, that they're trying to draw a big audience for, as opposed to AEW Dark and Elevation, which is just sort of on the side and not something that takes anything away from anything else. Is that a problem, the the two nights of WrestleMania try to sell tickets and just convince people to watch for both nights on that weekend? That's a big ask in, in people's lives with so many options out there.
0: Sometimes we lie, and it's not on purpose. Like, when he says the guys they have in the main event today aren't as good as the guys who were in the upper mid-card in the late 90s, you do not want to see a road dog match over what you saw on TV tonight <laughs> it's just not true right like and it's not even a shade to road dog you just don't want to see that right um I thought two nights was fine last year like I thought two nights worked if anything this is this is the problem we run into when you say you don't want two nights you're operating under the guise of one night only being three hours instead of one night being seven hours like it was two years ago. Or three years ago, I should say. Like, we have to operate within the parameters of what's actually going on. So two nights is great, number one, for me to stay awake. But no, I think that when you look at the top matches, you got Brock and Roman, uh, you have Charlotte Ronda, you have Becky Bianca. If those three matches are happening in one night, that's an hour to an hour and a half. So do you only work three more matches on a WrestleMania card? Like, maybe you do. Maybe they should get down. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but that is kind of short for the roster that they have, the amount of titles that they have, and the amount of people they want to be successful. And so, yeah, I think two nights is fine. I think you spread out those two matches. Uh, to me, the two matches being Becky Bianca and Roman Brock, I think those should get their own respective nights because I do think those are two very, very important events. Um, But no, I do think, like, I want to see the Usos at WrestleMania. I want to see the Street Profits at WrestleMania. I want to see Chad Gable at WrestleMania. I want to see Rey Mysterio at WrestleMania. I want to see AJ Styles at WrestleMania. I want to see Edge at WrestleMania. You and Bruce had a conversation years back, Wade, about how, why buy a John Cena shirt for a kid, or why buy a Randy Orton shirt for a kid, when you can get them the shirt from Walmart with eight different faces on it, and they can have all their favorite people on one shirt. And so to me, like, since our taste varies so much, again, it's easy to say they don't have enough people who are good. I realized I didn't know what I was talking about when I went to Royal Rumble in San Antonio and I saw a bunch of girls dressed like Brie Bella. And I've been indifferent about Brie Bella, but what they taught me was, yo, Cam, you don't know everything about wrestling. It ain't all for you. And since that day, I tried to look through the lens of, hey, there's different things for different people out here. And so I think two nights is a much more effective way of running a seven-hour show you were going to run anyway.
1: I am all for two nights at three hours each or three hours and change. I'm not for two nights of like four plus hours, and two nights at four hours is even pushing it. But I'll take that over one night of seven and a half hours, which is just ridiculous. It does seem like WWE's not chasing the hours viewed anymore. I, I do think, you know, Peacock doesn't care about that. There's no bonuses attached to it. Peacock just wants people valuing that WWE is part of their ne- as part of Peacock enough to stay Peacock subscribers, and that doesn't mean quantity. That means occasional. Must see TV, not hours consumed going up every quarter, and therefore I, I don't think there's as much of an incentive for shows to be like longer than humans' attention span, and even the most ardent WWE fan, um, you know, having their peak interest, and, and it's not fair for fans either who were at these shows and, and the wrestlers who had then an exhausted crowd, um, but two nights in a big stadium is is a, a challenge, and I am curious uh, to get updates on. How ticket sales go, and you know that is a WWE doesn't have a lot of barometers left for is is who they're pushing and the angles they're they're putting on TV and the matchups they're presenting. Is that what fans want? There's not a lot of things left because ratings are pretty flat, you know, week over week. Certainly averaged out, rolling you know, rolling six week average. There's not big variations anymore week to week, Um, or, or you know, every six weeks to every six weeks with a rolling average. So. They don't have a lot, but it's that ticket sales. It's how much do people want to part with their money, leave their house, and go sit in an arena when they can watch on a 65-inch TV they bought for $4.99 at Best Buy with the price of TVs these days with a surround sound and this great in-home experience compared you know, way better with 4K TVs and big screens that are affordable compared to 10, 20 years ago. It's harder to get people to leave their house, but at that same time with the pandemic, there's people who are itching to just get out and be with human beings outdoors or in, and all that. So they have some things working for and against them. But it's, if they aren't selling out overnight, if they're not having that, that the huge you know, MSG crowd and they're struggling with Raw ticket sales and SmackDown ticket sales, at, that starts to become an issue because they, they need those fans in that building to make WWE feel like it's a big deal. If WWE is playing tricks with cameras at WrestleMania and they can't do the wide shot or they do and there's a ton of empty sections, it does kind of hurt the brand awareness or the the, the prestige of the WrestleMania brand and WWE in general, the perception that it's a red hot product. So they've got to be careful. And, you know, the, the two night thing, as you laid out, has some advantages. Uh, but doing two nights in a big stadium, if you're trying to sell people on a winner take all, but you're not going to tell people what night it's on. And people, it's just sort of a crapshoot. You know, there's going to be a backlash to that too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Thank you for listening to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show. Don't forget, we have regular podcasts throughout the week on our other feed, the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast Feed. It's our Blue Logo Show, and it's free. Just search Wade Keller in your podcast app and click subscribe. And you can get our main flagships, our mailbags, our interviews, our pay-per-view preview shows, and some fascinating flashback episodes throughout the week. Just search Wade Keller in your podcast app and be sure you're subscribing to the Blue Logo Show in addition to this, the Red Logo Show. All right, our number uh, is 347-215-8558. A couple people pushed one, dropped off. Um, we might have just covered what you wanted to talk about but feel free to push one again or give us a call as the show progresses here 347-215-8558 and push one on your keypad if you want to join us um as looking over emails we got some redundancy I, I there's a couple things that uh aren't in the emails that I do want to bring up and and one is just at the top of the show cam happy Lesnar man I've never I, I don't know what's closer to reality the Lesnar we saw for years um who, just seemed like he was, just couldn't believe he was making so much money doing so little, uh, as Paul Heyman did all the talking, and he'd do Suplex City and move on. This, I mean, he stopped to let a kid pat his title belt. He he fist-bumped a bunch of fans. He stood on the desk and played up like he had just scored a goal in the NHL or just had this great like three-point shot with 1.2 seconds left in an NBA game, looking at the fans pumping up the home crowd. And then he goes back to slapping some more hands. It was like... I've never seen him, I don't know that I've seen a wrestler more happy than Lesnar. Do you do you watch that and think, he doesn't care, he's just a good actor, he's doing what he has to do? Or is this a Lesnar that's been pent up inside for a while? Or is this just a different, more mature Brock Lesnar who has decided it's kind of fun to look like he's having fun and being cheered? What, what's your take on this major star of the last 20 years showing a different side of himself now?
0: I think, yeah, that number is key. I think... Um... I tweeted, I think Saturday, I was like, yo, he's really been running the game for 20 years. And then immediately after that, I was like, to be clear, the game is bigger than WWE. Like the game is like the world. He's been basically able to call his own shot for 20 years, was able to walk away from things when he didn't want to be there and still able to get money, um, was able to, like, not everybody wants it, Wade, but he legit had claimed to be the toughest man in the world at one point. And so, very few people can ever hold that title. (laughs) Nobody keeps it, but so few people hold it. I think, you know, he's in a position where he's valued. um, Places want to be a part of it. And they're telling him he doesn't have to be evil world killer, doesn't talk anymore. Hey, open up, kick it, have a good time. And he seems to really be enjoying himself. And also, um, you know, the coolest Brock Lesnar moment for me was when Stone Cold asked him about a certain Wrestlemania and Brought looked at him dead serious like you know them by number and it never struck me that a wrestler would not know the Wrestlemania by number never even considered my mind and it's like oh this is a job for him like he's here because they pay him and so now it's kind of a situation where like oh let me have some fun like this is cool going to work like kind of being loose with it and uh, yeah he seems to be having a ball like not even just Brock, but think about how few people let anybody touch their title belt. <laughs> like, it just doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, but he seems to be so comfortable in his own skin that, like, yeah, he's having a brawl. And, and again, Roman is... Uh, there are people who have decided that because their personality was to hate Roman Reigns all these years, that regardless of how good he's been the last year and a half, they're just not going to like him. And they are really missing out on good entertainment, because Roman's a fantastic sociopath heel. So I think that they are... As similar as they are, they're playing opposite roles in what they did. And, yeah, I think Brock's having a ball, um, and we're getting the fruits of it. Absolutely. All
1: right. Uh, Also having a ball are Otis and Chad Gable. I think Gable is having the time of his career right now. I mean, he and Jason Jordan as American Alpha are having a blast in NXT. I mean, the joy of performance from those two was so – it was like Brock – you know, actually, Brock Lesnar looks like he's been watching American Alpha matches from NXT. Like, he's just so happy and so engaged. Um, but Gable as a heel and Otis playing off of him. I, I wrote this in my report at pwtorch.com covering Raw. This is like the surprise breakout act of the year that I just didn't expect to get this kind of featured time. And I don't think they would, going back to our, our first call with Justin. I don't think we'd be seeing them get this kind of time and push if everybody, if all the top tier stars were just appearing twice a week on both shows. Uh, what have you thought of, of Gable and, you know, Don't Boo Education and 4.0 and. Uh, just the whole shtick, and then playing off of Otis and the chemistry that those two have, which, by the way, unlike some other gimmicks that might be amusing, and some, this doesn't apply at all, but then they deliver in the ring. Like, as a tag team, they're really fun to watch. It's really fun to watch their matches because they're both so different and they're both so good. Uh, I, it just it's, It is a, another one of the reasons I think if people aren't watching Raw, they're missing out on something fun. How do you feel about it?
0: I would hold a meeting If I was Vince McMahon I'd hold a meeting And I would book my tag teams Based on their proximity To each other's addresses (laughs) So When Gable kind of leaked A few weeks after they had been a team I think it was after they won the titles That they had been like Workout buddies Because they literally live in the same neighborhood Mm -hmm. I was like Oh Like that's a different level of like You know, going to meet somebody at the gym and y'all go work out, and, and, you know, that's cool and all, but that's still kind of like a business relationship. Working out in another person's garage is different. You know, you come in for water, you come in to have dinner, you meet the family. Like, like that's a different relationship. Chad Gable has always been that good. Um, I think we all kind of thought that because of size and a look, Jason Jordan was going to be the guy to break out with that team. You know, it didn't work out like that because of injury, but. Gable's been that good in the ring the whole time. And Otis, like, even though he's playing a comedy role, was absolutely, like, super athletic, especially for that size. And so, you know, getting to learn from an Olympian can never hurt, right? But they've been really fun. They've been really good. Super surprise tag team. But, um, like, if you look at them the last couple of weeks with the Street Profits, um, not only do they physically match up, but they have, like, that kinda heel savvy to make this thing work. Like they've been very, very fun. And so I feel like we're probably looking at a fatal four-way tag match at WrestleMania. Uh, but yeah, I, I enjoy them a lot. I think Gable is like every every guy who wrestles in a singlet is that one iteration of current angle, whichever one you think. He's that very first one. He's <laughs> kind of aloof to what's going on, but I'm smaller than everybody else in the room. Uh, so it's really fun. But yeah, I really enjoyed them. And Otis is talking more. He gets his little snippets in and that, you know, uh West Virginia or wherever coal miner voice coming out like uh <laughs> over the commentary is really fun.
1: I enjoyed them. Yeah, I do too. How are you feeling about the street profits and how they're being featured?
0: It's unfortunate that somebody has to lose to the tag champs. It really is. I tell you what, um they let angelo dawkins do the Ford spot with the on over the top rope this week and i was like oh, okay like somebody even tweeted like he's not gonna let himself be the genetti of the group I'm <laughs> like, okay even in losses they are showing more and more offense and more savvy um i think that's gonna bode well for him um you know it's 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 somebody's turn every time. And right now it's their turn and it's unfortunate. But them letting them get in more offense each and each week is really, really good. I think they'll be okay.
1: Then we had uh, Tommaso Ciampa from NXT show up. Uh, He's engaged in a storyline with Dolph Ziggler. They're doing some cross-promotion between the Monday show and the Tuesday show on USA Network. I felt like this was a long time coming. It should have been done sooner. Uh, It seemed kind of crazy. They didn't do more to promote uh, NXT on Raw. They had those commercials that a lot of people don't pay attention to that aren't real memorable. That didn't really provide a singular emotional hook to get someone to tune in. It was just sort of a you know, hey, here's a bunch of wrestlers on a brand with a small crowd that we don't really otherwise talk about. Tune in. It wasn't a great pitch. Now you've got Champa, uh, a mainstay of NXT, engaged in a feud with somebody from Raw, and they're going back and forth uh, between the brands. How do you how do you feel about this being the way Champa is being utilized? On the so-called main roster, did he deserve something better than a feud with Dolph Ziggler, who's been defined down as as a mid-card tag wrestler, not a major singles threat? Or, or is this just, hey, it's it, it's it's Champa and it's a way to cross promote NXT, and they've protected him so far? Kind of. How, how do you feel about what you've seen, including through tonight?
0: I probably don't have to go to like Stat Guy Greg, but I wonder how many feuds have had three former nxt champions in them
1: wow ah, yeah
0: because you had champa rollins uh i'm sorry champa rude and balor yep. and you know Dolph Ziggler, you know didn't spend time down there really but he's kind of kicking it down there now um i am weary of nx former nxt standouts being pushed together in a tag team because of their proximity to each other i am weary of that even though i just i know i just said that about gable and uh Gabriel and Otis, but what I mean is like, when I look at Ricochet and Black, when I look at Champ and Gargano, I'm kind of like, I don't know if that's really where they want to be. Hopefully they go away from this soon. I think they already did with kind of taking battle out of the situation. But yeah, Champa, Champa's NXT title run, his first NXT title run, is one of the best title runs I've ever seen. I think that in a bunch of ways, it informed what Roman is doing now. Mm. This is a champion who's completely paranoid and completely involved in being champion. And they don't care how they have to treat people around them to maintain that. But they're telling it in a way that isn't cartoonish. Like I thought that was great. So I think that they are late on pulling him up. But I do think the reaction to him has been better than what I thought it would. Um, but I, I think that he's one of those guys who really does speak truth to power. And so he'll be okay. Um, Yeah, just get them in a singles match. One thing Dolph is going to do is make the other guy look good. I hope that that singles match that they have is on Raw and not NXT, though, because the NXT crowd gets a lot of that, a lot of that high-quality one-on-one that we're going to see. I think that to really showcase him, you have him beat Dolph in a highly athletic match, and that's what's best for him.
1: Thanks for listening to our podcast. Did you know we also have a website? PWTorch.com. Daily news updates, editorials, and my live TV coverage covering Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown. And my live pay-per-view coverage for WWE and AEW. Create a tab or bookmark. Make it a daily stop. Visit us throughout the day every day to keep up on breaking news and more. That's PWTorch.com. All right, uh, Rhea Ripley uh, looked good in the uh, gauntlet match. She was protected to a degree uh, and featured since then in the chamber. What What do you think of the, her trajectory? Is there a WrestleMania opponent that jumps out for her, worthy of what appears to be her current push?
0: I don't think there's really a one-on-one matchup for her right now with anybody on the roster. I think that, like, do drops a great opponent if you didn't already beat her a week ago. You know? Like, she's she's absolutely filled that Nia Jax, larger athlete, uh, totally tough in the ring, that when she does take a loss, it means something to the other person. I think she's, she's right there. But, yeah, I I think that they do a battle royal and Rhea runs through those guys to get her to her next stop this summer. Uh, but I don't think there's a one on one match really out there for her. Yeah. Um, unless something really drastic happens with Nikki ASH over the next couple of weeks.
1: Uh, Nikki ASH, do they drop the gimmick or, or repackage her?
0: I think they keep it and she feuds with somebody else, but man, just, she got to stop wrestling, Brand. We I, need I that to end right now. Yeah, It doesn't help either of them, it's just taking up time. And again, something could happen different with her in the next couple of weeks. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, they got to get away from that. Yeah. I just don't think there's really a singles match out there for her. Like, uh, Beth would be a great one. If Beth had that in her right now, if she had that, uh, you know, two big power wrestlers, um, that could be great. But other than that, I really don't know. Uh,
1: there's not a lot of options for her on the raw roster. It's kind of Liv Morgan and Dana Brooke. Um, yeah. I mean I I don't I think Tamina's a heel but I'm not sure. Um uh, Carmella's doing something with Corey Graves reality show. Alexa Bliss, you know, remains to be seen, but I mean there's just not there's not a lot of options for Ripley or uh or Nikki. Um when you look at the face and heel side of things that that jumps out as worthy. I mean like Nikki is you know isn't going to have a WrestleMania singles match, I doubt. Ripley if you think well she should is it Alexa Bliss? Then, like, where, 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 I, I just don't know, you know. And and that's hopefully what they do in the next, you know, five weeks now to make it uh, keep things interesting is fill out that undercard and, and put some work into it so that the wrestlers who you're invested in and have had big matches over the last year do get a a, a, a semi-significant WrestleMania moment.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, that's one thing. Like nobody would, whether you think there should be two nights, one night. A brand split in the brand split we all agree there's a whole lot of people on that roster like there's no way around that yep <laughs> whether you yep. think they're good better in between that's a giant roster and and so yeah it, it's fitting everybody in. it'll be interesting like all of a sudden what's Tim Bauer gonna do What's champ are gonna do yep. what are the dirty dogs gonna do like there is like all of a sudden a lot of talent where you're like whoa you have women's tag champs. Mm-hmm. You have a new intercontinental champ. You have a U.S. champ. Like, there's a lot. There's a lot to consider there. Um, gosh, who
1: knows? Uh, I mentioned uh, Dana Brooke, I think, as a potential like opponent for Nikki. I guess um, that would be moving Nikki down the card. But Dana's gotten considerable TV time. What do you think of the twenty four seven? Shenanigans this week, especially the Reggie Dana friendship zone, which Byron Saxton leaned into and said, "I can, I can tell Reggie, it's not that bad. You know, I'll have a talk with him. It's not that bad being in the friend zone. There's a lot of things you can do with uh, a female that you had a crush on but isn't interested in you in that way socially. That can still make your life interesting. I love Saxton, just like totally volunteering to help help Reggie out there. What do you think of the angle, and and what do you think this has done for Dana Brooke, who was kind of hard to take seriously, and now she's got a gimmick where?" You're not being asked to. Is she becoming relatable and a bit of a cult figure, or is this just lower card stuff that's just ephemeral?
0: You can't see me, but I've had my arms crossed from the moment you said Dana Brooke. Um, Reggie, my brother, it's Black History Month. What are we out here doing? What are we (laughs) really doing? But no, in all seriousness, I I think that uh, it's... I don't like a scenario where a wrestler would trade a title for limited affections from somebody they're interested in. I don't like that, right? You know, but you I put, also I, while you say
1: title, Cam, I'm putting quote marks up with my fingers. Oh, for
0: sure. But I also understand that the 24-7 title is not meant to be taken as seriously as the world title. I totally understand. Again, our truth is... As made, R-Truth might be in the Hall of Fame, but strictly based off his 24 seven work. Like I, I'm very aware of what I'm actually talking about, <laughs> right? But I, I, I found that super cheesy, but I do think that for Dana Brooke, um, in, a, in a way not totally dissimilar from Otis, but I, I do like the idea that you've been with this company for a long time. You try to find out where you fit in. You seem to have a role that you're good with, and you're carrying it um, like you're proud of. And, and so, like, with those things figured in, it's kind of hard to be negative about it. Like, this, these are good things. Like, I like this. This is cool. Um, but uh, is it... If I skipped it every three weeks, I'd be okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, just the idea that... I'm interested in you, but you're not interested in me, and so now my motives are—they were already selfish. Now they'll be even more selfish, and they'll also ignore how you feel. I'm just like, what am, am I supposed to be mad at, Reggie? Am I supposed to be mad at Dana? Is <laughs> yeah. everybody supposed to be okay? But but also, like you say, wait—you put your quotes up. It's fine, you know. Uh, getting away from the the total seriousness of a story for a minute to sit back and laugh for a little bit. I'm okay with it.
1: And I think that is, you know, clearly the category this falls into. Um, That's what they want um, you to do is not take this seriously and understand. Kind of like Logan Paul, not everything is meant for everybody, but we'll keep it short and we'll hope to entertain you even if it's not your thing or not offend you too badly. And they are trying to get to other, other things. A lot of you listen to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling post shows who haven't watched the TV show we're talking about. A good way to catch up on what happened on the TV show is with my VIP-exclusive Wade Keller hotlines that follow Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. In fact, as soon as I wrap up recording the post-shows with live callers and my co-host and our on-site correspondents, I send that off to the producer, and then I record the Wade Keller hotline, running down Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown start to finish. And it's not only a full rundown, a thorough rundown of what happened on the TV show, but also my analysis of the key segments and matches throughout the show including opinions that i don't express on the post show so as a vip member you can listen to that hotline first which runs 20 to 40 minutes and then jump into the post show with full knowledge of what happened on the tv show that's just one benefit of being a vip member another benefit is when you listen to the post show the ads and plugs will be removed so change up the way that you listen to our coverage of raw dynamite and smackdown by starting with a vip wade keller hotline and then flowing into the wade keller post shows throughout the week go vip pwtorch.com slash go VIP, pwtorch.com slash go VIP. Rates start at $9.99 a month or get a full year for just $99. You can also get the weight color hotline through our Patreon tier. That's just $6.99 a month. Details on that are at patreon.com slash pwtorchvip. Okay, uh, Damian Priest uh, in his character. I watched him cut that promo and tonight, and I thought, whatever they're going for, this was sort of the epitome. Uh, epitome is overstating it, but this is another <laughs> example of what isn't quite there with Damian Priest that nobody can put their finger on. He just—I could imagine Vince watching him cut that promo, going, "There's just there's n- there's not something there that big stars have that you don't have to." work hard to draw out of them. Like, he just... There's something he doesn't have. That was my thought watching that. And I thought the crowd didn't react. I didn't know what they were going for because I don't think Damian Priest had a lot of nuance to his character. But maybe he's going heel and maybe he's trying to be boring and self-absorbed. But he's saying, I want to fight tougher competition and I have an open challenge. That's what babyfaces say. But then he got called out by a babyface. So I, I just... I'm not quite sure where I am. If maybe they're overlapping him playing the baby face, but they want us to ultimately see him as a heel. Cause the, the the Damien's going to come out in him, which they've stopped talking about. Um, so it just, it just feels like things are off course with him. And I, I don't know if that's because they don't know what they're doing or I'm not picking up on cues. What do you think?
0: I think that they've, we talk about the 50, 50 problem being a booking and they've literally done that with him. Like, lose to a guy, get an attitude and beat a guy, or have an attitude and lose to a guy, gather myself and beat a guy. And it's just been so up and down with him, and I don't think there's really a justifiable reason for why. Like, if he's going to be a strong champion, the, the cracks in the armor should be presented, I think, a bit different. And, like, wait, imagine if, like, you threw a tantrum as a kid and they said, oh, he's acting like Wade today. <laughs> like, I understand. the yeah. reference, Damien Priest, I understand the juxtaposition between good and evil, heaven and hell. Like, I, I totally get it. But, yeah, I'm acting like my first name. It's my name. <laughs> it's the name they gave me. I'm always acting like Cameron. I can't really <laughs> be different. Like, yeah, it's just... Um, sometimes losing your cool and sometimes not. I, I think that... You know undertaker's going in the hall of fame right and whatever you think about the man is what you think about the man but every time they added a layer or a wrinkle to that gimmick he was up to the challenge he was up to the task um it's just who he was and that is so rare to tweak somebody as many times as they did um for them to still have that much power and control over what you wanted them to present. It's rare. And I think they asked Damian Priest to do too much. I think they asked him to say too many words on the microphone and get too many thoughts across when he can show it through physicality. I think they're doing him a disservice by making him out to be this big talking guy when some of your very biggest stars didn't become big talking guys until years down the road.
1: If he had someone talking for him anywhere a heel, what's his true upside? Like Baron Corbin when Corbin was not doing comedy or, you know, or Dolph Ziggler, like somebody you can kind of count on to visit a main event now and then, but they're not going to lean on them for a long stretch of time as a centerpiece. Or does he become someone who Vince would attempt to make a centerpiece? Cause he has some of those boxes checked for what Vince looks for.
0: People really like him like in a way that like there are guys like, Shelton Benjamin, who I'm a huge fan of, who was always, according to some people, a manager away. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if they had a manager, I don't think he's there. I think he's higher than that. Yeah. I think that it's like, well, a manager would benefit him, but he's good. Um, I think that'll probably carry him over the top. I, I really do. Like, um, I hate that Zelina Vega is like a go to because of a Puerto Rican. Like that's not what I'm what I'm going for, but Somebody of that ilk, yeah. like a smaller manager who had an attitude and he could just back that up with expression and moves, I think he'd be great. Um, I think he'd be right there in world title contention because when he gets in the ring, everything's good. Like, that stuff is good. I just think, again, there, there are some people you can't say, I need you to hit all these notes in the promo because he literally goes out and tries to, squeeze lines in that I don't think he needs to and squeeze words into a stanza I don't think he needs to, I think it takes away from the overall package. Um, But what he tells in the ring is really, really good.
1: By the way, Jimmy Smith, mistakenly, while talking about his first NXT experience, mentioned Walter's name. Corey Graves quickly jumped in and said, you mean Gunther. Um, Yeah, he did. (laughs) (laughs) And we're all waiting for it, too, because Corey hasn't happened as often lately. Um... It also happened when when uh, um, S- Jimmy Smith called Randy Orton's signature snap power slam a body slam, and then Graves is like, "Yes, the snap power slam, or something like that." Like, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy is. I haven't talked about him much lately. I think he's gotten better in terms of the tonality of his voice. He doesn't sound like he's constantly trying to lift a car by the bumper like some somebody's stuck under it and he's just straining to get his words out. Um, he's gotten better as far as that goes. He's getting more familiar with the product. Um, he seems affable. Like he's not, you know. It's not upsetting spending, you know, parts of three hours with him. But there's still, you know, every once in a while, well, some of the instincts aren't there uh, and the product knowledge isn't there. What what have you thought of Jimmy Smith's progress or, or lack thereof, How, whatever your point of view is on him?
0: He's okay. And he's all right. I mean, he's going to, you know, he does miss some moves sometimes. Um, it's weird to be on the opposite side of JR who knew everything and, and you know, through – age and through life experience um sometimes does miss but you know has Excalibur next to him so i think it's okay i think yeah. jimmy shows the proper enthusiasm for the job and he's the right people around him to correct him when need be and it's not being done in a way that's disrespectful like when byron does anything so i think it's okay like i think mean, yeah, i think he's just fine the show moves along just fine with him i don't feel like i'm losing out by him missing things so yeah
1: that's kind of where i am too yeah um i don't have a lot to complain about in fact it's been Infrequent that he's had uh, faux pods that, that are even you know noticeable uh, and, and thus brought up on, on this show in particular. Okay, um, I will close my topics here, or I'll close uh, topics I throw to you with another email. Um, Ken B says, I'm listening to you guys while walking my dog, and I heard you guys talk about WrestleMania's length and how WWE isn't emphasizing hours viewed like they used to. This conversation, again, got me thinking about the overall length of Raw. Anecdotally, I've been no wrestling fan since 1987, and I didn't miss an episode of Raw for over 25 years. It was appointment viewing. What eventually pushed me away to the point that I rarely turn Raw on and haven't watched a full episode in years was the move to three hours. The show feels so needlessly bloated, there's rarely the content to justify show length, and as a dad with limited leisure hours, it's tough to justify three hours every Monday. I strongly believe that Ross quality would increase substantially as would the viewership with a tighter two hour show in the traditional nine to eleven time slot. Do you think we ever reach a point with declining ratings where it makes sense for USA and or WWE to sacrifice the extra hour of ratings revenue to try to boost up the other two cam? Um, I would love that. I, I think have, I think two hours is the right length for a wrestling show. Um, one hour doesn't feel like you get enough done an hour and a half is awkward. Um, Two and a half is awkward. Three is too long. I mean, just two is a sweet spot. But TV rights fees are so huge. And it's hard for WWE and USA to be confident that it would result in more viewers. And the things that would make the difference are intangible. But I have argued for 10 years now that, that the intangibles, while not measurable, and you'd never have that validation of verification, I think a two-hour show would lead to overall better business and better revenue for WWE. I made that argument during the pay-per-view and network era. I do think maybe it loses some of its uh, effectiveness uh, when when they're getting paid a flat fee from Peacock as opposed to trying to get network subscribers. I think the network would have been more successful if WWE had left people wanting more. Uh, so I, I think it's it's a less compelling argument now because WWE is sort of in the money grab, sent us a guaranteed weekly check, strike the big deal era of their product, and they've kind of fallen into a groove on how to fill three hours. I'm less against it than I used to be, but I, I still, on a personal level, would like a two-hour show to cover instead of a three. I, I think it would, in, in part just for the sake of people like Ken, I think more people would say, I, I can commit to two, I can't commit to three, therefore I'm going to not even watch two. Um, your thoughts on that?
0: we'll be lucky if we don't get four hours, right? (laughs) Like it would be so nice to, uh, to go back to the two hour format. I, I think it's not only is it tighter, but I feel like you're getting more out of the people that you have on the show in the moment, uh, because the writing gets better for a shorter show. You have more attention. You pay to it. It's like writing a term paper. You're, 10 page turn paper is always going to be better than your 15 page turn paper because even if you have 2 pages of fluff in the 10, that means you're going to have 3 or 4 in the 15. It's going to be better. It's just how it goes. Like, you know, movies that stay between an hour and a half to 2 hours tend to be better unless they have a giant story to tell, which is what your pay-per-view should be, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, this thing that This thing that we do, and I say we, this thing that you really do, Wade, and I do in spare time, um, I have way more to say about it when it's shorter, because I feel like I can go more in depth about things, not just having to cover every single thing that happened when every single thing that happened is not particularly good. So, yeah, yeah, I don't think this is going to change anytime soon. We would all agree, um, especially without our money being on the line specifically, Um, that a shorter show would be better. A two-hour show would be ideal, which is why I think SmackDown is is miles better than Raw most weeks because get your wrestling in, get your stories in, go home. Um, I just think it works out better. But yeah, I don't see it changing anytime soon, but I think we all agree that that would work out a little bit better.
1: We're about to go to a commercial break. Why listen to commercial breaks when you can go VIP and experience our shows with the ads and plugs removed? pwtorch.com slash go VIP. That's pwtorch.com slash go VIP for full details or go to Patreon, patreon.com slash pwtorch VIP. Rates start as low as $4.99 to remove the ads and plugs through Patreon. Full VIP membership starts at $9.99. Treat yourself to a streamlined ad and plug free listening experience with a VIP or Patreon membership.
3: In 2012, NXT transitioned into the developmental system and ultimately the brand you see today. On the Torch VIP podcast, NXT Eight Years Back, we'll be taking a weekly look at this page in NXT's early history.
1: Join Kelly Wells and me, Tom Stout, from PWT Talks NXT every Saturday as we go eight years back to the day to track NXT's rising talents and why they did or didn't work out, exclusively for PW Torch VIP members. Is there anything, uh, the callers, emailers, and I did not bring up, Cam, that you want to from tonight's show?
0: Um, From tonight's show in particular, nothing really, again, I think that Bobby Lashley um, has been protected through his title runs. I think that's really good for him. Brock's been super fun to watch. I think Becky Lynch is at the peak of her powers. And outside, like in American wrestling, because I know somebody's going to tell me a Japanese wrestler who has smoked it every step of the way. I don't know if an American women's wrestler has had more control and been in more of a zone than Becky as far as in-ring and on the mic. I don't know if I've ever seen that. That's been really, really fun. Uh, Seth Rollins continues to be great. Kevin Owens continues to be great. no um, yeah, that's, that's about what I got.
1: And I, I do want to say the main event uh, with RK-Bro against KO and Seth was a good match. If you're just looking for some good wrestling, because you're a wrestling fan, Seth and KO and Orton and Riddle went out and had a good match. You know, I mean, and it's it's not like anything you can't kind of close your eyes and imagine because it's, you know, WWE style, it's formula, it's familiar, it didn't feel epic. But, I mean, it was a good 13-minute main event with ramifications. Um, I, guess my, I guess I'll add one more question to you. What do you make of them adding... Uh, Owens and Rollins to the tag team title match and with, with um, uh, I was going to say American Alpha, with uh, Alpha Academy and uh, RK Pro. Uh, do you like that? And, and where is it leading? Where do you think it's leading? I mean, that was, honest. that was the central storyline of this show. Uh, and it closed out the show. Uh, so, you know, and I don't think we spent much of any time on it at this point.
0: When Kevin Owens hits the frog splash... Remember hits a stunner and is about to pin riddle to win the tag titles and the glass breaks and Austin music hits. I'm kidding. Um, that would be fun, but no, um, I just think it's a way to have a good match. I think it's a way to freshen up, uh, a division that has had kind of the same three, four teams really going into it. Um, I think it's a way to just keep that better, uh, as far as the in-ring, and you don't get much better in-ring than Seth and KO. So I just think, yeah. yeah, it's a way to keep that thing fresh. Um, again, I, I really do see probably a fatal four-way at WrestleMania between those teams. But yeah, it's, it's just a way to not get burnt out on RK-Bro and Alpha Academy.
1: Are you enjoying Seth's character, leaning into the raspy voice and the laugh and doing... I don't. I, I, how would you describe what his character is at this point, and how do you feel about it?
0: Just uber confidence and, and just believing everything he does, like as short lived as it was, like him and Roman, that was really good. Like, I really enjoyed it at the Rumble. I'm I'm in everybody's head. I'm in total control of everything around me. I have the confidence to wear these goofy outfits. I'm sorry, get ups. An outfit wave is what you and I wear <laughs> when we're going out to a nice event. He's wearing get ups. Mm -hmm. He's in the Cam Newton School of Dressing right now. Um, But no, he's been really, really fun. And I believe, and and they're giving him quality wins. They're keeping him really strong because he's, um, I think he's actually a step above what Jericho was to them for all those years. Like, it's not even fair to say Seth goes down to the mid card. He's always at at least the low tier of the highest card. You know, And, and he backs it up. Uh, with every single match and people respond to him that way I think he's great I, I'm, I'm really a fan of what he's doing now it took me a while to get into it after like the whole Messiah thing but this is this is good this really is good
1: yeah yep and boy do they need Kevin Owens right now uh doing what he does everything he does is just you know entertaining top-notch there's not a segment he does on camera in the ring or behind the scenes that isn't just you know kind of vintage kale right now they, they know his character and it, it I'm, I'm curious where it goes. Uh, I, I mean, not, not the Stone Cold Texas thing specifically, but more just kind of generally um, you know, the, the liar thing and the relationship with Seth uh, and where that goes. And then, you know, RK-Bro has turned out to be a successful and perhaps something they've leaned on longer and have decided not to break them up because it's a, um, I think it's a gimmick that people are into, and, and obviously they're leaning on it to, to main event. It'll be interesting what those hourly numbers are and if KO and Seth against RK-Bro was able to hold viewership better than average. I think they could have done a better job hyping that Bianca Belair would be in action later instead of just sort of saying, oh, she's facing Dewdrop. And really pushing that edge would be making his return and acting a little more excited about that than they did. If you're trying to hold viewers in hours one and two, those are a couple things I think they could have done to maybe convince some people, oh yeah, I'm not going to tune out. I do want to see Bianca wrestle. I do want to see edge and what he has to say. And I, I don't think they hit those points as hard as they could have. That said, the main event is ultimately what keeps people tuned into the end. So I am, I'm curious how they do in terms of that third-hour viewership. Uh, Kemp, uh, thank you so much. Great to have you on as a uh, co-host again. People can follow you on social media at Seahawk C-E-E-H-A-W-K. Did I get that right?
0: You did get that correct.
1: Yay. And people can follow me on Twitter at the Wade Keller, And also follow our brand, of course, at pwtorch and visit our website pwtorch.com cam uh, thanks so much uh any closing words
0: yeah just happy birthday to the good homie Ricky starks next time you're drinking more than water you remember that
1: <laughs> sounds good uh thanks cam thanks to all our listeners as always and we'll uh, talk to y'all next time Thank you for subscribing to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast and Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows. Don't forget, we got a whole lineup of other shows called the PW Torch Daily Casts. It's free. Just search PW Torch in your podcast app, a different show on a different topic throughout the week, including shows dedicated to AEW, NXT, MMA, Ring of Honor, and more. Just search PW Torch in your podcast app or check out links to the latest shows at our main website, pwtorch.com. Anytime you're watching WWE Raw or SmackDown or AEW Dynamite in particular, send us an email if you've got thoughts on the show or a topic you want us to address or a question for us. Wade Keller Podcast at pwtorch.com. Wade Keller Podcast at pwtorch.com. If there's anything else going on in pro wrestling that you want us to address on our main podcast during our mailbag segments, that same email applies. Wade Keller Podcast at pwtorch.com. We invite that interaction. Let us know what you think of what we're saying and let us know what you want us to talk about and ask us specific questions. Wade Keller Podcast at pwtorch.com. Give yourself a reason to look forward to going to the mailbox each week with a PW Torch newsletter paper copy subscription. Details at pwtorch.com slash It's 12 pages every week packed with my TV reports along with exclusive features such as my cover story on the top story of the week, our pay-per-view roundtable reviews from the Torch staff, exclusive feature-length columns from Greg Parks, Rich Fan, Sean Radikin, Alan Cunahan, and Zach Hadorn, Torch Talk transcripts, the latest news, and more. pwtorch.com slash paper copy. Take a break from screen time and settle in every week. With a mega dose of wrestling news and analysis with a Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter, paper copy edition, in the year 2022, you can get a full year of home delivery for just $99. Or try us for an eight-week trial subscription, pwtorch.com slash paper copy. One benefit of VIP membership is access to our back issue library, contemporaneous, in-depth, insider reporting on pro wrestling in real time over the past 30 plus years. And throughout the year 2022, we're going to begin our March through the year 2002 with back issues posted each week in PDF and all text formats. You can read it in a PDF format with our original magazine slash newsletter style layout on your screen and flip through the pages, or you can read a straightforward all-text format on your phone or tablet or laptop. The back issues early in 2002 covered the arrival of Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and Hulk Hogan to WWE and all the controversy that came with them, plus my cover story that broke the news on the planned launch by Jerry and Jeff Jarrett of a promotion called TNA. Also, the early 2002 features are 2001 year-end review features, including ranking Pro Wrestling's most influential power brokers and our Torch Year-End Awards, The year in quotes and the top 50 stories ranked in order from the year 2001 so go vip and dive into our back issues we have most of our back issues available as soon as you sign up with new back issues week by week from the year 2002 one at a time throughout the year 2022 pwtorch.com slash go vip pwtorch.com slash go vip that's pwtorch.com slash go vip for full information and our sign-up form. It's more than podcasts. It's an unmatched library of wrestling history spanning more than three decades as soon as you sign up with more issues added throughout the year.
0: Hey guys, it's Mike McMahon from the All Elite After Show. Every week, Andrew Sochek and I break down AEW on our free P.W. Torch podcast. We've been doing this show since 2016. That's right. We're on our fifth year. When we started the show back then, we were talking just Impact Wrestling, and we still talk about them from time to time as well. And over the years, we've branched out to also discuss MLW, and of course the main event of our program, which is always the latest going on in AEW. Again, the show is called the All Elite After Show with me, Mike McMahon, and my partner, Andrew Sochak. You can check us out as part of the PW Torch daily cast lineup. You can subscribe to our show and all of the daily cast shows just by searching PW Torch on any podcast app. And, of course, you can listen ad-free with a PW Torch VIP membership.
3: aloha torch faithful this is kelly wells host of pwt talks nxt every thursday you can hear me and my gang of idiots tom stout who shares thoughts from the live tapings and torch recapper nate Lindbergh, as well as a rotating cast of guests cover the matches and events in nxt live on usa network search pw torch in apple podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe or listen on demand and see the entire PW Torch Daily Cast schedule at pwtorchdailycast.com. Cheers!
1: Thank you for listening to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast. Don't forget to also subscribe to our Red Logo show, the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows, featuring our live post shows, which you can download and listen to on demand at any time, covering Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown throughout the week. With rotating guest co-hosts, live callers, and emails, plus on-site correspondents who talk to us right after they leave the building on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday nights, that's the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show. Just search Wade Keller, look for the red logo, and click subscribe. It's free. With some podcast memberships, there's a complicated system of having to enter a username and password in advanced settings, and it works on some apps but not others. That's not the case with PW Torch VIP membership. We now have a slick setup where you're a single click away when you go VIP from having your podcast feed automatically generated on Apple Podcasts. All you need is an authorized VIP membership as soon as you sign up on our express sign-up form, which takes about a minute. You'll get a link and you click on it and it opens Apple Podcasts and subscribes. No entering anything, no advanced settings. You can also subscribe on more podcast apps than ever other than Apple Podcasts, including Beyond Pod and Dogcatcher on Android and many others on iPhones and iOS. So VIP membership, it's more convenient than you realize. Get all the benefits of VIP membership, all the VIP exclusive podcasts, and these shows with the ads and plugs removed with a VIP membership pwtorch.com slash go VIP it's quick it's easy it's convenient and we think it's worth it pwtorch.com slash go VIP a lot of you listen to the Wade Keller pro wrestling post shows who haven't watched the TV show we're talking about A good way to catch up on what happened on the TV show is with my VIP-exclusive Wade Keller hotlines that follow Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. In fact, as soon as I wrap up recording the post-shows with live callers and my co-host and our on-site correspondents, I send that off to the producer, and then I record the Wade Keller hotline, running down Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown start to finish. And it's not only a full rundown, a thorough rundown of what happened on the TV show, but also my analysis of the key segments and matches throughout the show, including opinions that I don't express on the post-show. So, as a VIP member, you can listen to that hotline first, which runs 20 to 40 minutes, and then jump into the post-show with full knowledge of what happened on the TV show. That's just one benefit of being a VIP member. Another benefit is when you listen to the post-show, the ads and plugs will be removed. So change up the way that you listen to our coverage of Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown by starting with the VIP Wade Keller hotline and then flowing into the Wade Keller post-shows throughout the week. Go VIP! Go VIP! pwtorch.com slash go vip pwtorch.com slash go vip rates start at nine dollars and 99 cents a month or get a full year for just 99 dollars. you can also get the weight color hotline through our patreon tier that's just six dollars and 99 cents a month details on that are at patreon.com slash pwtorch vip
3: in 2012, NXT transitioned into the developmental system and ultimately the brand you see today. On the Torch VIP podcast, NXT Eight Years Back, we'll be taking a weekly look at this page in NXT's early history.
1: Join Kelly Wells and me, Tom Stout, from PWT Talks NXT every Saturday as we go eight years back to the day to track NXT's rising talents and why they did or didn't work out, exclusively for PW Torch VIP members. But first, guys, listen up. Valentine's Day is just around the corner, and our sponsors at Manscaped are here for you. This V-Day, it's time to join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming. With our exclusive offer, go to manscaped.com and use code Wade 20 That's Wade 20 for 20% off plus free shipping. The Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped comes with the Lawnmower 4.0. This electric trimmer is designed to trim hair on loose skin. And get this, the trimmer's advanced skin-safe technology reduces cuts and nicks. It even has a 4000K LED spotlight, so you can shave anywhere your heart desires. And did I mention it's waterproof too? This package also includes the Weed Whacker, which is a nose and ear hair trimmer trust me if you've got hairs growing out of your nose people are scared to mention it but you ought to be trimming it and manscaped has you covered also two free gifts their shed travel bag and anti-chafing boxer briefs to keep your boys stored comfortably and to complete the perfect package for your package are liquid formulations like the crop preserver ball deodorant and crop reviver ball toner start your day off with the deodorant for your boys then stay cool all day with toner to keep you feeling your best all day and night. And don't forget to smell good all over. The Manscaped Refined Cologne will complement your collection with smell perfection. Manscaped created their products for a night just like this. So go to manscaped.com for our exclusive 20% offer and free shipping with the code wade 20 Enter that at checkout and get 20% off. The performance package right now is on sale. You'll knock another 20% off of that and you get all those free bonuses with it. I have tried this product I endorse this product. It is well-made. There's a great fit and finish. You feel safe down there when taking care of business. It's different than anything else I've used. It takes some of the anxiety and stress out of male grooming. So check it out. Go to manscaped.com and use code Wade 20 and pick out the Performance Package 4.0 or any of the other offers that they have and get 20% off plus free shipping. Go to manscaped.com and use code Wade 20 All right, we're more than a couple weeks into the new year here, and how are your New Year's resolutions doing? I know a lot of us, I'm among them, want to eat healthier when I get through the holidays, and I want to eat better. I just want to eat higher quality ingredients and better meals that aren't boring, and there is a way to do that right now with a new sponsor of this program. It's called Factor. It's a meal delivery service that keeps you from having to spend time in line at the grocery store or hunched over the stove or trying to order from a restaurant when it's going to take 45 minutes to get there and you're hungry right now. Well... Factor checks all those boxes. These are great meals to eat while watching pro wrestling shows because you don't need a lot of meal prep. You get home from work and you don't want to cook. You don't want to run through the same drive through You want to have a high-quality meal that you feel good about and that makes you feel good afterwards while you're watching wrestling on weekday night. This meal delivery service is perfect for that. Factor makes it easy for me to eat clean 24-7 with fresh, never-frozen prepared meals that are so delicious you wouldn't believe they're actually good for you. Factor saves me time by delivering chef-crafted meals to my doorstep, eliminating the hassle of grocery shopping and meal prep, not to mention cleanup. There's no dishes to wash here. Each Factor meal arrives pre-prepared and ready to eat in two minutes. That's even faster than ordering in. Factor tackles the tough stuff so I don't have to. Their registered dietitians and expert chefs work hand-in-hand to create meals with nutritious ingredients. And with more than 27 meal options each week, you'll never be bored. As many of you know, for over 12 years, I've eaten a primarily vegan diet. I have wild fish every now and then. They offer vegan and veggie meals in addition to keto meals, as well as lower-calorie meals, plus cold-pressed juices, smoothies, energy bites, plant-based bars, extra protein, veggie sides, and more to keep you fueled and focused all day long. I've chosen the vegan options, and they just look delicious. When you go to their website, your mouth's going to water. The Korean tofu and veggie bowl, vegetarian tamale bowl, Indian-style vegetable rice, and tomato roasted and vegetable risotto are all on the menu, and I am looking forward to trying those dishes. Whatever kind of diet you eat, they have options for you, including garlic herb salmon, sun-dried tomato chicken, kettle mushroom burger, and more. Check out their delicious meals online and i'm confident you're going to want to order these and try these out this month there is a new url to go to to take advantage of this offer it is go.factor75.com slash wade120 and enter code wade120 so that's go.factor75.com slash wade120 and enter code wade120 to get 120 dollars off your first five weeks of meals A fresh and healthy meal designed by chefs and nutritionists can be two or three minutes away any evening or any midday for lunch. And save yourself a trip to the cafeteria or the local fast food joint for lunch. With Factor, you can bring a healthy and delicious meal to work with you. I've ordered more on my own. They're delicious, and I feel great after eating them. And there's a tremendous variety. Your mouth will water looking at the website. So again, the URL is go.factor75.com slash wade 120 and enter code Wade120.